Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. For those of you that are uh, watching and that are connecting and that will watch this a little later, thank you. The church has changed. I'm used to having a full auditorium, but over the last year, I've learned to focus my attention and to minister the word of God uh, in a way where uh, people who aren't here uh, can get it. And uh, I think I've grown in maturity uh, over the years, uh, especially over the last year. I've had to. Uh, because it's not easy to speak for an hour and don't hear an amen. But I thank God for you. Your presence tells me you're saying amen. And I need you and you need me. Let us make a family. What a great big hug and kiss from me to you. Won't you tell me you love me too? Yeah, all right. All right. All right, all right. Keep vigilant watch over your heart then. That's my message. This is my love for you. You got to watch. Put a sentinel over your heart. So many people have come in it and gone out of it and come in it and gone out of it and come in it and gone out of it and it's damaged and it needs healing. For every partner you've had coming in and out of your life, especially if there's a knife on the outside of it, there's a slicing that has taken place and there needs to be healing of this damaged soul. Sometimes it's not your voice that's speaking, it's the damaged place that's speaking. Each of us have a living soul, a living nephes. What's more, is that the soul is eternal and forms the very foundation of who you are. Your soul does, not your external, not how long your hair is, or not your braids, not your tattoos. None of that determines who you really are. You know what really determines who you are? It's how you think in the condition of your soul. And if all you listen to is trap music, you're going to have an attitude. You're going to have an attitude. I can feel you. I can see you. If you think a tattoo is going to change your attitude, that's not going to change it. What we need is healing for the soul. And I'm glad that you're here. Please don't let my loudness and my attitude drive you out. I really love all of you. But if you're used to going to clubs where the music is loud, then don't have a problem when I start talking loud. I'm driving some stuff out of you. And the vibration of my voice needs to be strong to get your attention. That's what needs to happen. And I'm believing God for great things. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. From the dust he formed man. We are dusty frames. Dusty frames. That's why we must wash every day. Take a shower Every day. If you have access to a shower, wash every day. There are dead skins, things that need to come off of you, and moisturizer to come on you so you can maintain healthy skin, healthy hygiene, and a good lifestyle. But you will form from the dust. And we're always reminded of it because this flesh will wrink without shower. And eventually, the flesh will go back to the dust. Notice again, he formed man from the, the dust of the ground. It's on the screen. And then he breathed into the man the breath of life and soul is created. Soul was not created from dust. Soul was created from God's breath. Life created life. I want you to be mindful that he then creates life and he puts life in a dusty frame. And he tells you and I to guard that life with all diligence, for out of it flows the very issues of life. Guard your life, guard your life, guard your life with all diligence. I wonder how many of us are guarding the portholes into the soul. 
since God put soul into a dusty frame. We have to look at the dusty frame and its portholes. The dusty frame has five portholes. Eyesight, hearing, taste, feeling, and smell. And each one of those portholes are connected with the soul. Which means your smell, your eyesight, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, and what you taste will, will affect the soul. And so scripture says guard the soul. So you can't guard the soul without guarding your body. Some places the body shouldn't go. The feet shouldn't go. Some things the eye shouldn't see. You have to put limits on it. There's some things you should not hear. Right now in America, it's free. We've got what we call freedom of speech. And so people say whatever they want to say. They get on Twitter and just say whatever, they, whatever you, whatever you want to say. You can hide behind uh, the absence of being in a person's presence today. Usually, it used to be if you sell out like that in front of somebody, you may get knocked out. But right now, you don't have to show who you are. You just say whatever you want to say because we can tweet it. Well, what God wants us to do is to have a little bit more chivalry in life. There should be some discretion. You're not going to say whatever you want to say. Personally, I, as a pastor, I get people coming in wanting to dump. And I'll listen to basically anybody, but you're not going to come throwing your neck at me. No, that's not happening. We'll shut the whole thing down. I don't believe. I, what? what the, oh, no. Oh, no. My daughter's not going to do it. Nobody else's daughter is going to do it. When you come in my presence, I need you to lock that down. You can tell you whatever you want to say, but none of all that attitude is out the window. And you need to start watching how you move because a lot of times the condition of the soul is directly tied to what you're tasting, feeling, seeing, hearing, and smelling. Operating as our command center, your soul is the command center. It is our personhood. Your attitude is your personhood. Your disposition is your personhood. Your vantage point, the way you see life, is your personhood. And you should be concerned about it. I often talk about pessimism and optimism. Do you see the glass half empty or half full? Many people see it half Empty. It's the same level when others can see it half full. When you get into a situation, don't always go to the negative. God may be working in it. A damaged soul will always see the negative, especially when it comes to casting vision in church. I don't know if that's going to work. Why are we doing that? Always negative. Why? What's going on with that? They looked at me funny. Well, people are looking at you funny wherever you go. You rise above that. Rise above attitude. Learn how to deal with it at home. And when cops deal with you, you won't have an attitude with them. Damaged souls have bad attitudes. Our soul and our spirit are the most important part of us. And if it's the most important part of us as it relates to God, it should be the most important part of us to us. Because it's invisible, people don't give attention to it. Young people don't give attention to it. Young people all up, in, all up on Facebook, taking pictures of their backside, dancing, dropping it. Nobody cares about how your backside is shaped. Get your head right. Get your attitude right. Let's work on soul now. We tend to overlook existence, the existence and the health of the soul because it's invisible. Left alone, the soul begins to shrink into utter darkness and it's happening at early ages that's why I'm glad to see young people in the house of God stop the soul from shrinking into utter darkness where do uh, the springs of life come from where do the springs of life come from what makes you really happy I didn't say what makes you feel good what makes you really happy? Where do you get self-satisfaction? And I'm not talking about lustful satisfaction. 
I'm talking about when no one else is around. There is no touch, taste, feeling, hearing, and seeing. Where is the satisfaction? That satisfaction that doesn't need to come based on a massage. The satisfaction and the contentment in the heart, which gives great gain, should be a satisfaction where the soul is healed. So for a moment, I want to talk about soul and spirit connections. Soulish and spiritual connections. And I'll explain. I gave great detail in the early service about soul care and taking care of the hidden person of the heart. Scripture is clear out of Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. For from it flows the springs of life. That is Proverbs 4 and 23. But there are three parts of every person. Of course, you see my body standing before you. This is the same body that came out of my mother's womb over 50 years ago. On a Friday night around 1130. On the 10th of July. The same body, it was a smaller body, it was six pounds. But the same body. In my DNA, everything that I am today was in the DNA. Obviously, I was important to my mother. My mother told me that when I was born, I came out of her womb from a great pain. Came out with such force. She never pushed me out. There was no, there was no a prenatal and a pushing that takes time. There was a sharp pain and here comes Merton. With so much force and, and so much water break and blood that I rolled to the edge of the bed almost to fall over. She, she sat up to try to catch me pulling on the umbilical. The doctor come in, what's going on? You were only at three centimeters. How did this happen? She said, obviously, this is what she told me later. Obviously, God wanted you born on that day because he told me that it looks like we're not going to have a baby until sometime on the 11th. So the 10th is important to God for me. Some of us don't give, don't have an opportunity to hear those kinds of words from mom and a whole big segment of our life is missing. And there's a dark side in the soul when you don't know who you are. I went for many years. I told her later, I wish you had talked to me about almost falling off the bed because I've gone through many things in my life where I felt like my life was almost taken. And I wish I had this knowledge about my own life then. That's body. But there's two other segments about you that you may not be aware of. Number one, first of all, is the body. Let's move inward now. To the soul. So you have a body. Then you have an invisible soul. That's invisible to the naked eye. But it's real. It is that part of you that goes through these channels. This thinking. It is where your mind works. Your will is there. Your imagination. The ability to see beyond the wall. Right now I'm preaching. But some of your mind is on the other side of town. You're thinking about what you're going to do after you leave here. When is he going to get done? And that mind is able to be in, your body is in one place, but your mind is already going down the street. Or while you're receiving instruction, instead of listening to the instruction, your mind can be in another place. That's a part of your soul. If you've ever been violated, you have memories. That's a part of your soul. Usually we remember the negative. Usually we do. A damaged soul will remember the negative. Your wheel, that is like a stern wheel. That is, you, can, you have the ability, it's called sovereign. You can turn it left and it will go left. You can turn it right, it will go right. And if you ever own drugs, the drugs will determine which way you go. If you ever have a soul tie, it is the person who's the strongest in the relationship that will turn your soul. Glory to God. 
Don't get me twisted because I can go deeper with soul because your eyes are the mirror to your soul. <laughs> I can look in your eyes and tell. It's written all over your face. You don't even have to say a word. <laughs> Mind blown. Nose wide open. That soul needs to be cared for. Who's watching over it? You can look in a person's soul, they'll feel naked. Why are you looking at me? Well, you're dancing, you're already naked. But when you look in the eyes, you can tell what the condition of the soul is. That's why people today don't like to look in the eye, looking around. Don't like to look at me while I'm preaching because I'm dealing with soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. That's why I teach men, as you grow, you need to learn how to look at the eyes. And you need to learn how to look at the eyes by looking at eyebrows until you can look into the eye. You never have kids that you can't look at. That's how you examine them. They can't lie when you look them straight in the eye. If you learn how to develop it, you'll be able to tell variations. When I'm talking to you, I need you to look at me. You can see the condition of the soul. Are you all listening? If you married, you need to do that regularly. Hot sink. Reconnect. And then the, as we move from the physical to the soul, then we move into that part called spirit. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit being that comes from God. He gave you a soul and put all of that in a body. That's how you develop. That's how you are. That's your existence. Many people never deal with soul care. They certainly have never had their spirit resurrected. It remains dead until you meet Jesus. The human spirit remains dead until you meet Jesus. This is how God likes to work with us. When you put your faith in Jesus, he recreates your spirit, which is dead because of sin. That's Ephesians 2. And then when that spirit comes alive, Holy Ghost inhouses that spirit. There's a maturation between Holy Spirit and your human spirit that's been made alive through Christ. Once that happens, your spirit then, when you feed it, should then give signal to your soul and have more influence over you than your soul. If you don't get that change, your spirit is not leading you. Holy Ghost is not leading you. You're being led from external stimuli, stimuli and external experiences versus the God that's on the inside of you giving you lead and giving you direction. And if your soul leads you, you may go anywhere. Thank you, Lord. Because it is damaged. It is damaged for 6,000 years. 6,000 years of human history from Adam all the way to you has damages passed through the bloodline that only Christ can save. And he starts by saving your soul. And every young person needs their soul saved. And every man needs his soul saved. And every woman needs their soul saved. I don't care how you look on the outside. You don't mean nothing. It means nothing if that soul is naked. Once you get the spirit saved, God and the spirit, Holy Ghost and the spirit starts working with your soul to make sure that it's renewed. Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus starts healing the hurts. But you must make sure you keep it with all diligence. I, I turn that over to God. Doesn't he save the soul? He saved me. Yes, I'm saved. I'm saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. What does that mean if you don't guard it? I don't care how beautiful your house is. If you leave it neglected for three months and you come back, you'll be shocked with how it looks. Spider webs everywhere. People break in. Grass over. Weeds there. And that's what's happening to many hearts. The heart is like a home and it needs guarding and it needs cleaning consistently. Because when you don't do it, it'll start telling that something is going wrong on the inside. 
right by any house, if the grass isn't cut, what do we say about what's going on in the house? Something's wrong with these people. I don't have to know, but if it's not kept, you automatically judge what's going on on the inside. And if I ride by your soul and it's not kept, I don't care how safe it was. It's an indicator that something is not being done right on the inside. We must give attention to the soul. So, again, I'm explaining soul and spirit connection. The only thing that can differentiate between your soul and your spirit is the word of God. So how do you know where soul ends and spirit begins or where spirit ends and soul begins if you don't have a word? Hebrews chapter 4, write it down, verse 12. For the word is quick, it's alive and powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. What the word does is penetrate deeper. Some people know penetration, but not like this. The word penetrates deeper. It goes beyond flesh. It goes into the soul realm, into the spirit. It is like a referee in that realm or dimension of your life. For the word is quick and powerful, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints. Look how deep it goes. And marrow. And it is a discerner of the thought and intent of your heart or your soul. It divides asunder soul and spirit. Look at that. It divides soul and spirit. It is able to tell where soul ends and spirit begins. And if you don't have an agent to tell you where your flesh is controlling how you think or where God is trying to get you to get to, you'll mail the two together and say it's just me. But some of it is not just you. Some of it is your flesh. And it can be brought under the subjection. And then there's some things that God wants to be done, but it has no voice if you're not putting word there. You give word, you give voice to your spirit, which should dominate your soul when you put word there. And if you don't know word, that's just for the preachers that know it's for everybody. It's for the young people. It's for every mother, for every, if you try to parent without word, you're going to raise up some weeds in your family. And let me say it again. If you try to parent without word, you're going to raise up weeds in your family tree. Unproductive limbs. Because the only thing that can really get inside is the word of God. Thank you, Lord. And that's why I don't just like uh, rap and song. I need our young people to be educated, to be educated on the word. They need to know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You don't need to know that when you're old. You need to know that now. So when you go through a hard time, what surfaces in your mind, even while a teenager... He restores my soul. When my parents get a divorce, when I go through hell, he restores my soul. When I'm violated and somebody touched me the wrong way, woo, he restores my soul. Glory to God. I don't have to go on Dr. Phil to be restored. I don't have to get on own to be restored. He restores my soul when I get with Jesus. For the Lord is the shepherd of my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. No way. He leads me beside still waters. He restores me. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Soul don't want to go after righteousness. But because I follow the shepherd. He's given me an appetite to do what's right. Not to crawl out windows. Not to develop secret relationships. But to do what's right. 
It needs to start while young. Are you listening, son? Are you listening, daughter? You don't try to hide your behavior from parents. You do what's right because it's right. He restores my soul, leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, not for my name. And yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm afraid I will fear no evil because I know who's with me. I am not alone. He is here with me. Though we're far apart, he's always in my heart. Well, if you don't hear David, can you hear Michael? I'm preaching David, but can you hear Michael? You are not alone. I am here with you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. That means I'm able to take some correction. Some young people don't know who God is. As soon as they get corrected, they act like the world has come to an end. Correction is a part of your growth. You're not dying because you get corrected because I don't think they understand me. I got my own voice. No, everybody gets corrected, even me, and I'm over 50 years old. You never escape correction. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff comforts me. Then you prepare a table before me in the midst of all of my conflicts and my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil. That's me. You anoint me for every day. But my cup runs over. You've given me an overflow anointing for the people that's around me. You restore my soul in such a way that when I get around others, a part of the healing that's coming through me is pumped into them as well. When they get around me, healing starts taking place. Not more damages. I'm not going to flood you with my dysfunction. God heal me so I can heal you. Woo. I am healed by the power of his word. And when you get with me, your healing is going to start taking place in your life as well. Glory to God. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy. That's tangible blessings will follow me all of the days of my life. As I dwell in the house of the Lord. Soul needs to cry for God. Not for more gunji. Not for more convassier. Soul needs to say, I got to get to the house of God. I've been outside of his house way too long. I've allowed compromise to come in my life way too long. I haven't thought about God in five years. Way too long. I got to get back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Woo, Jesus. Here are five steps to get in your heart right. Five steps that's going to help you to activate soul care. Number one, the first thing on the list is to watch. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. You cannot watch with blindfolders on. There's some things that's right before you, right apparent in your life, and you turn a deaf ear to it and a blind eye to it. But if you're going to keep your heart with all diligence, all vigilance, you must watch. To keep it means to watch it. A wise believer studies the Bible. And they also study their own heart. They don't try to figure out what's going on in someone else's heart. You're going to need a Ph.D. in how to study your heart. What are the triggers that make you go off? What are the things that make you feel isolated? What reminds you? What happens and it reminds you of your past relationships? Why are your memories dominating your present moment? Why can't you enjoy the fact that you're with me now? You're not with them. You're with me. Why do 
allowed to pay for what they did to you. That's memories that's not controlled, not sanctified. Whew. You have to become the expert of your own heart. You have to sit down, put your heart on the couch and interview it. Never trust your own heart. The Bible says it's exceedingly wicked. It will never tell the truth initially. That's why we need a referee or a counselor, someone that can stand outside of the framework and speak to it. That's why I showed you in Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word is quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It divides soul and spirit. So the word is the one that sits in the midst of your heart to tell you what's truth. If you say, well, I just know what I, I know what I know and it has no truth to it. You can't trust it. I just feel that I need to move into a bigger city. Really? If you take your heart in the condition that it is in into a new region, guess what's going there? The region doesn't change your heart. Whatever you are changes your heart. And in about three months, it's going to manifest again. Even if you get in a new relationship, if you get in a new marriage, if you get a new house, if you get a new community, if you go to a new church, you still need heart care. Guarded with all deal. You must become the expert of what's going on in your soul. No one is a better person to do this than you. Not even your preacher. And he's given me wisdom. But if you don't sit down and you're true, don't sit in the counseling session with a person like me and tell me what you think I need to hear. You got to expose it. You know the real deal. You know the real deal. You have to live with yourself. You have to live with bad breath for years. You know what you smell like. You know you. You want me to use discernment to find out when you know. You want me to use my spirit and all of my expertise and all of my education when you can tell me the truth. It don't mean anything to you until I tell you what I didn't know. When you know it, God is not trying to tell me what you can tell me. A part of healing the heart is confession. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But you got to watch, open your eyes and stop examining other hearts, examine your own. Thank you, Lord. Years ago, I had a problem with revenge. My nickname in my family used to be Furious. I have a nickname Bootsy, but that, that when I grew up, my siblings called me Furious because when I get angry, I will go off. Now, uh, I'm not the kind of person that would just get angry quick. If something keeps reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring, then I snap. Not snap to hit, but, but you would see me shifting my personality big time. What? Like that. What? What? And then go in. Not just go and say, well, we're just going to investigate. I intellectually start tearing things up. And that's what they call me. When God called me to preach, he told me, I can't have you bring that into this ministry. So he took me on a series of episodes where I had to deal with me. And I had this weird dream that I was placed in a white room. It was so white, I couldn't see where the corners are. Suddenly a door opened from my opposite side and this beast came in. I went to the corner, I went to the back where my back was against the wall, so did the beast. When I made a left step, when I put my foot, left foot forward, he put his left foot forward. Actually, it was his right foot. And that's how we started moving to each other. The room started closing in. Instead of it being a room like this, the, the, the matrix of the room, the diameter of the room became a hallway. And then the walls that were on our back start pushing us toward each other. So much so that we had to confront each other. And when I laid my hands on the beast, it was my same height, a little bit more muscular, but I can smell its funk. 
I thought about Funkadelic. Man, I'm glad I was came up in the 70s. I'm glad, man. This is some stuff I know. When I grabbed this beast, I woke up. I rolled out of bed on my knees. I said, what is that? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. That's the condition of your heart. I can't use it. I said, my heart, what are you talking about? He said, that's what it looks like to be, a beast. I had to become an expert to really identify what, where my heart was. I would say I'm a pretty decent person. I care for people. I don't bother anybody. But God said for me to use you, that part of you has to die. It's too callous. So I asked him to take it away. I smelt it. Not their hearts, my own. When is the last time you've been able to look at your own condition and own it? It's not them, it's me. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. So you won't enter into temptation because if temptation occurs, you're going to lose control over your will. Paul said to Timothy, watch your life and your doctrine. Watch your life and your doctrine. A lot of people watch our lives, but we don't tie it to doctrine. The word doesn't even come in. It's just what we want and what we like when we want it and when we like it. That's 1 Timothy 4 and 16. He said to the Ephesian elders, watch yourselves and the flock of God. So as a pastor, I can't just watch you. I have to watch myself and the flock. If you're a parent, you can't watch yourself only. You got to watch you and the child. You got to watch your life and the doctrine. You got to watch yourself, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. If you're an overseer, if you're a supervisor, you got to make sure you comply and they comply. Everybody wants the responsibility, but they don't know how to watch. And pray. They're selfish. I will put it this way. Even hypocritical. Watching them but never examining self. When you give a judgment. If you ride a motorcycle. If you don't want to get hurt. Perpetually. When you get off the motorcycle. Walk around it. If you ever have an accident. Walk around it. And tell yourself. Is there anything I did while riding that I need to change? When you make a judgment call as a supervisor, judge yourself. Was I too harsh? Did I have a, I don't care because I paid my dues attitude. Did I forget to watch myself and the flock? Many people do. Thank you, God. You can take this in business. There's a matrix in business, a metrics. Look at sales, clients complaining, revenue dips. Do you have any new business? All of that is tied to watching. Look at kids, attitude changing, walking around with no shirt on, uses an indicator that they're watching things that they shouldn't watch on the internet. Attitude you may be watching stuff you shouldn't watch. You need to watch and stop playing with it. If you don't, if you play with it, they're going to wiggle with it. And when they wiggle with it, you're going to get your feelings hurt because you're seeing things. You're not watching and dealing with it the right way. Whew. I'm going to give you one more point on this. I'm supposed to get through this stuff. 
because I got four of the points here, but I, got, I can't leave it. You got to see your life like a dashboard. Get in the car, light the car, right? What's the most important thing other than the windshield when you're driving? No. It's the dashboard. Keep your eyes on the windshield, but the dashboard is there to let you know the condition of your car. It's going to tell you how fast you're going. It's going to tell you the temperature of your vehicle, the engine. It's going to tell you if oil is not there. It's going to tell you how much fuel you got. You better pay attention to these signs. Lest you say I'm going to Jacksonville, but you didn't pay attention to the temperature gauge and you didn't pay attention to the fuel. And you run short when you get to Daytona. Your heart has a dashboard. Do you ever look at it? Your relationship, is it too hot? Is the engine running hot? Do you have any antifreeze up in here? Do you put cheap fuel in your vehicle? Because you cheat. Or do you put high tests in it? Can you tell when the oil is leaking? Do you ever judge your speed? You could be going too slow when you should pick it up. Do you match how fast you're going with the law? Your heart has a dashboard. Have you looked at it lately? It's screaming. It's screaming for attention. And when you judge yours, you can look at your partners. And you'll have more tenderness. You can do it for your family. It has a dashboard. You can do it for your, your own heart. It has a dashboard. Your business has a dashboard. I'm going to give you this next one real brief. I'll pick it up, maybe finish it on Wednesday night because I was going to talk about the scientific area as I close it, but I need to deal with this. The second one, not is, it's not watch, it's investigation. Watch your heart with all diligence. Guard it with all diligence for out of it flows the issue of life. You've got to investigate your heart, not just watch it. There are men who investigate the frame of women. They know it. But they can't tell you how the heart works. They just know the body. There are women who think they know men, how to get the money out. But you don't know nothing about the man. <laughs> You'll get the money if the love is there. Usually. Usually. Not all the time. Investigate. At one time, this is how you look at investigation. At one time, you were running well. Everything was going well. But what hindered you? Why would you stop doing what you did to start? Investigate. What's causing that? What's causing a lack of enthusiasm? If you used to praise God, why aren't you praising anymore? How can you come to church and just sit there? Maybe the dashboard is screaming that there's no oil in the vessel. Maybe you are empty on fuel. Why be cast down, O oh my soul? Before you run to the next part, put your hope in God. Why be cast down, O oh my soul? What caused the heart to be cast down? Investigate. Thorough investigation will help you to participate, to reconnect and participate. Some things can be saved if you will investigate. And whatever you expect, you have to inspect. Whatever you expect, you have to inspect. A lot of people can, oh, I can tell you what you did. You did it this way, that way. You should have been a lawyer then. A prosecutor. But you don't inspect what you expect. 
you never look and say, okay, I noticed over the last week a decline in enthusiasm. What happened? Well, you said something last week that hurt my feelings, but I'm not going to say that because when I tell you you hurt my feelings, you're supposed to be the man. <laughs> you don't even know me. I am the man. <laughs> I was a man before I met you. Don't ever question my manhood. What I'm saying to you, I have a heart. You don't want it? You want callous? That's what you want? Well, you can get it, but I don't want to give that to you. I want to give you something you can feel. Man, I'm preaching today. Now, you want something you can feel, but you don't like the way it feels? Man, I was talking to somebody the other day. Noticed the girl was recording me. She, I said, what you doing? She said, I got to show my boyfriend this. <laughs> I said, girl, make sure you let me know when you record me, girl. I got to show him. I said, well, what's his name? She said, he hadn't come yet. But when he do come, I'm going to let him hear this. I said, girl, you speak in the language of the believers. Investigate. 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 It's like when you meet somebody, you better know their credit score. Investigate. How do they treat their mother? Investigate. You got to treat them like an American Express card. When you first meet them, you're in the green. That don't mean green light. It means we only give you a little limit. You'll have total access into my life. I just met you. You got to go through the green stage. That's when we're going to investigate. What's up with you? You're saying all the right things. Where you come from? Who are you? How are you going to marry somebody you don't know? You met them on the internet. You never, how, what you talking about? I don't teach that. I need to investigate. One of the things you do, what's your credit score? What? How you going to get with me and you don't want to give none of that up? How many children you got? You love your mama? And I can't stand her. Whoa. Be careful with that. Even if there's something that happened, it can't be I can't stand them. That means heart needs to be healed. Y'all listening? Investigate. Go from the green to the goal. That means we're going to give you a little bit more access now. A little bit more limits. Now I'll let you meet my mama. You're in the goal standard. Took a little time to get there, but okay, I tell you what. We can hang out more now. You go. Hang out a little bit there. Then you move to the platinum stage. Right, let's exchange some rings here. You, you growing. You growing. I like you. I like your attitude. We can hang out. Let's take a trip. Platinum. Then the last stage, I like this, is the black stage. That means you're there for life. You're there for life. You graduated... For life. Treat your heart like that. How do you expose your heart and you're supposed to be in the green stage, you're taking it to the black? You didn't give it time. I'm done. Y'all looking at me crazy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you want to deal with your heart right, there's some things you're causing on your own heart. It's not meant to move fast. Heart is not like a microwave. Guard it with all diligence, for out of it flows. Guard it, it's fragile. Out of it flows the issues of life. I wish somebody gave me this message years ago. I wouldn't have made a whole lot of blunders with trust and reliance and all of those things. Amen? I'm going to pray. 
And God is going to heal. Father, I thank you for this moment. I've delivered a candid word to your people. Many of us are examining our hearts and we can see where the heart is anemic. The heart is hurting. That part of us that's so tender, that's so unique, out of it flows the springs of life. It's been damaged so bad that we have kind of tucked it away and only deal with the external but not the spirit. I pray now that healing would take place in the heart. I limit the access of demonic activity in and out of our wellspring. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to look at every broken piece of glass that has given access to demonic trafficking Every back door that's wide open. Every damaged garage. Every internal door. That has no frame. I thank you. For fixing each entry point. That limited access. Will be granted into our hearts. Save us. Recreate our spirit. Holy Spirit live there. And from the spirit, help the command center to get the right signal. Save our soul. And then help us to guard our hearts. To watch the heart. To watch ourselves, then the flock. To examine ourselves and then help us through that. To watch over our children. I know this is a word from you and I praise you that during this time in our country's history and the church transition from one dimension to the next. Help us not to lose the heartbeat for you. We will worship you in spirit and in truth. We've done the spirit well. In the African-American church, it flows. But the truth part, we try to dance when we're grieving. We try to fake it until we make it. I pray that the true condition of our soul would be revealed. So you can heal us there. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not even next month, right now. Breathe on our damaged souls. And we will give you praise for healing us. I speak healing and deliverance. Rafa, we need you. Rafa, touch Rafa. Jehovah Rafa, heal. Eli, Lama, Abathani. My soul cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? I need you now. I pray for healing of the heart now. In Jesus' name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.